Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, everybody, I am so, so excited for today's episode. We have Tatiana O'Hara joining us. She is a team and agency operations coach and one of my personal friends that I'm really excited for you guys to learn from today. She has astronomically helped my business. I actually hired Tatiana. That's how we got to know each other last summer. Um, I was in the process of restructuring my business and my team and really wanting to take some steps to step away from being so much of the doer in my business. And Tatiana really strategically helped me implement things in my business that I was able to pivot and step into more of a CEO role. So I'm super excited for today's episode uh, because Tatiana really has a lot that she can bring to the table in terms of giving you guys tangible steps and things that you can be doing if you're looking at potentially hiring or scaling your team and what that's going to look like in the back end. So Tatiana, I'm so excited to have you here. If you want to go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself and let us know how you got started in this space. We'd love to hear all about it. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I love our relationship. So I think it's cool to be on a podcast with my friend, my old client, all of the things. So yes, my name is Tatiana O'Hara. I'm an agency and team operations coach. Um, so basically what that means is I work with entrepreneurs to really help them refine what their day-to-day operations looks like and setting it up in a way that's, you know, streamlined and efficient and really in line with their actual vision that they have for their business so that you can build a team that actually functions properly. So the way I got started in this, I was a district manager um, in corporate operations for about four years or so. And I was managing really big stores, um, a team of like 70 something people, total five store managers. Each store was doing over a million a month in revenue. And so I had to make sure that the, the stores are running properly. But the way that I had to do that was to make sure that my managers knew how to lead and to make sure that their teams were really flowing the way that they should. So after doing that for however long, I knew I wanted to get started online. I just didn't know how. And so I cycled through a couple different ideas thinking I just wanted to help people start a business, but ultimately realizing that team HR operations is where my passion lies. And so I made that pivot and I think you were like one of my first like four or five clients. So yeah, I feel, I feel really good now being where I'm at. I think this is something that we don't talk about enough online. We talk all about how to market, how to sell, how to launch, but we don't really learn how to actually run a company and how to put people in position to run the company in your absence. So that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. I know we've had conversations about this in the past too, just in general about, okay, once we hit 
or get to a certain milestone in our business, it starts to look different as far as like what scaling and growth is supposed to look like or should potentially look like. And that there's just not a ton of resources out there right now, once you hit that benchmark in your business. And so it was really, really helpful for me when I started working with you, because it really helped me scale past that point. And I think that's what everybody's going to be able to really take away from today too, is kind of looking at your business from not just like, Hey, this is a side hustle, or this is just like a small business I run, but looking at it bigger picture and what it can bring to the table down the line. So I know that having a CEO mindset um, was something I personally struggled with when we started working together, but you really taught me how to take mindset and make it a more tangible practice. So for example, and that's why I loved working with you. And for all of you that are listening, I am not a fluff person and neither is Tatiana. She does a really, really great job of providing not just the what, but the how, right? So for example, I thought vision was fluff for the longest time. I'm like, eh, I don't need a vision. I don't really need to know what that looks like. But then what I noticed was I started to struggle personally with decision-making in my business because I didn't know what decisions to make because I had no idea where they were leading. Um, and so then I figured, okay, vision is actually something important, but how is it tangible? How do I actually break that down into something that I can do something with it. So what would you say are your best tips for breaking mindset down into tangible steps to help develop that vision, develop that mindset to kind of push you in that direction? Yeah, that's that's really good. I think like the first part of that is just realizing how much we truly limit ourselves in the online space and how much and how often we're exposed to everyone else and what everyone else is doing. I think like when you begin to build a team, there are so many mindset blocks that you may not even realize exist because online, all we ever talk about is imposter syndrome, right? And so we're kind of going really surface level with the mindset conversation and we're limiting it to, oh, we just don't think we can do it. And, oh, we feel like we're not good enough or smart enough. And some of those things may be true, but a lot of the mindset blocks that you may experience as you grow in scale tend to tie back to like our childhood and like past relationships and friendships and, you know, bosses that we've had. So I think the first couple things that I would do is to really dig deep and ask yourself why around some of these things. If you're resistant to the idea of building a team, why is that, right? A lot of my clients talk about, you know, feeling like they have issues with abandonment or um, times where, you know, they worked for people and they have always felt like they were in a toxic work environment. And so subconsciously, you don't want to recreate that so bad that you're forcing yourself to do all of the work yourself. Um, So I think it's just about going a little bit deeper. I think a therapist is one of the best team members you can have. Someone who can just really talk you through things from like a not biased perspective, right? Like they know nothing about you past what you're verbally telling them. And then the second part I think is getting really clear on your vision. And it's a tough exercise, but you kind of just have to let your guard down a little bit and dig deep and ask yourself, what do I really want? Like outside of this business, outside of how much money I want to make, like What do I want my life to really look like? What do I want my day to day to flow like? And getting really like granular with those details. That way you can kind of start to build your business in that way and build your business around what you want your life to look like versus what a lot of people do is the opposite. A lot of people build a business and then they just figure out how to fit their life around it. Um, But if you do it the other way, you may experience slower growth, but it's going to be so much more sustainable 
long-term. I could talk about client after client where it's just like they came in making all this money and then we started working together and they lost a lot of that money because they had to let go of clients that weren't really aligned with them anymore. They had grandfathered in clients that were used to the version of Tatiana who had no boundaries and would do any and everything. But once you kind of let that go and and move past that, you can make room for clients, packages, offers, whatever that do align with your vision. And it's going to allow you to outlast your peers. A lot of the people that we see online right now are probably not going to be around in the next two years because they're just tripling their revenue every single month and it's it's not sustainable. So I know that was like a long answer, but I feel like that's the, that's the start. It's like, I can't even tell you who to hire until you figure this part out first. Yeah. And I, and I know, like you said, you feel like that's a long answer, but it's, you have to really think through all that because I think that's a big spot where I backfired when I first started in this space, you know, almost four years ago was like you said, I built my life around my business versus building my business around my life. And I think in this space, because we are so connected, all of the time. I think the thing that, like you mentioned, is we are seeing what everyone else is doing. And so we set their benchmarks and milestones as goals for ourselves, instead of actually evaluating what we want. You know, you have people, Oh, we, you know, we hit a 50 K month or a hundred K month, or we had this big of a launch, which those are all great and fantastic if that's what works for them. But maybe what makes you feel fulfilled isn't a 50 K month. You know, maybe it's being able to spend time with family or be able to step away when you need to. And so like, I think getting really clear and honest with ourselves about, okay, this is what the industry is telling me is success, but what do I actually define success for myself? I mean, myself, I was personally completely burnt out and just not feeling fulfilled anymore because I built my business based on what somebody else told me success was instead of what I said success was. And I think there's also something to be said for just being content with where we're at versus having this constant growth mentality of, okay, I got this done now. What's next, right? Like that was something I also struggled with. I wasn't celebrating my milestones. I wasn't really thinking through what I had accomplished or allowing myself to just like to sit in that for a little bit and just be present in that phase of my business. It was always, let's move on to the next piece instead of just being content with where I was at. Yeah. I also think that one thing I'm learning the longer I'm in business is a lot of these people that we're modeling our success after they're actually not happy either. We only see what they present to us online, but the grass isn't always greener. I guess I'll leave it at that because you really get to know these people that are making all this money, but maybe there's problems at home or they're, you know, unhappy in other ways. And so I hate that sometimes this picture can be painted that all problems are solved with more money. You know, everybody wants to have a million dollar business, but we don't talk about what it takes to run a million dollar business and how many team members you need and like how you have to show up as the leader and how you really have to sit in that visionary seat. And you can't just be working with clients and doing all the things every single day anymore. You know, I have a client who, if she can make eight to $10,000 a month, she can replace her nine to five salary and she can be at home with her kids and off by three o'clock when they get off the bus. And that's success for her. I have another client who does $4 million a year with her product-based company and they're shooting to, you know, continue to increase that. And she's able to provide jobs for so many people in the area local to her. So it's just like, what do you actually want? And let's just go get that. Because when you have someone else's version of success, you're not going to find the happiness in it because it was never yours to begin with. 
Yeah, exactly. And for me, I think it's also good to kind of point out that success can change, right? Success for you can change. You don't have to define it one way now. It's okay to pivot it later, right? So for example, for me, when I first started my business, success looked like being able to be location independent and travel and make a good living. And now it's looking different because we're expecting our first baby. And I want to be able to be able to step back when I need to and spend time with my family. And that's what success looks like for me now. So that's also to say, like as you're setting, you know, this vision for yourself and your business, that it's okay if it changes down the line, it's not failing. That's not meeting your goals or, you know, whatever you've set for yourself. That's just you evolving and your business being able to evolve with your life. And I think that's, what's really cool about being able to run our own business is we get to decide what that looks like. And we can allow that evolution or adaption of our business to our life to happen. Yes. I love it. Hey there, quick interruption. I wanted to share with you guys all about my course, Elevate, the coach approach to elevated systems. As a business coach, your focus is on your clients, right? But what happens when messy systems are causing you overwhelm and inability to focus on the big picture? That's where we come in. Elevate provides you the strategy and tools to implement scalable systems in your business without the overwhelm. We've created a course that contains a clear cut and concise path for coaches to follow to elevate their systems as their business grows. With 10 modules of content, live Q and A's, guest expert trainings, and access to a supportive community for six months, your business will go from overwhelmed and over it to organized and killing it. All you have to do is go to the course link below in the show notes and sign up. It's as easy as that. We have to get back to the show now, but I can't wait to see you guys in the course. Okay. So I know part of building a team is having a strong foundation in your business so that you can scale. So, I mean, obviously we're big systems people over here on team EE. So what role do you see systems playing in helping to build a foundation to scale your business successfully? So I think that the system operates within the people. The system is the way that the business flows and functions. And once we figure out from A to Z, what process do we want to take our clients, our customers through internally? What do we want our day-to-day to look like? Then having actual systems as in like platforms and softwares basically helps that system continue to run the way that it's supposed to run, if that makes sense. Because I think it's really easy to say, oh, this is how everything flows. But then having a workflow to automate that can now take the system that you as people have created and put it into a platform where it can operate without you being there, right? Or having a system around the way that your team flows and operates, building that out in something like ClickUp really gives your team the opportunity to like live and breathe that system that you've created. I think with us doing so many things, so many little things every single day, the more that we can have working for us in the background, the better. I think for me, like onboarding has been one of the craziest, like it's one of the most mind blowing things to me that someone can be interested in my program. I approve their application and they can get all the way through without ever talking to me again. Everything is automated. And so it's like the system already existed within me and my team, but now we have resources, platforms, softwares that can kind of fulfill those systems every single day. 
Yeah. And that's one of the big things that we talk about to our clients and to our students is I think there's a big misconception about what systems are because everybody just associates a system with some type of tech platform or like, okay, like ClickUp or HoneyBook or Acuity or some type of tech automation, like a zap, but systems are so much more than that, right? They're people, they're processes. And so when we talk about systems, we always explain in a way, if you're wanting to build systems, you have to start with yourself first, right? That's where we always start is things like habit tracking and time blocking and things of that nature. Because if we build a system, for example, like we build out some type of crazy workflow in ClickUp, it can only go so far without you being able to implement that in your business, right? Or having the habits and the discipline to stick to the systems that you've built. So we always start with self and how can we systemize ourselves? What are our morning routines looking like? Are we, you know, stepping away at a certain time every single day? And then we look at things like strategy, right? Like what you're kind of talking about too is what is my team going to look like? What are the processes or the things I'm going to be delegating to my team? What is the strategy behind growing this? And molding this. And then from there is how do we plug that strategy into our systems? Because again, if those things aren't built into the back end, the systems aren't really going to support the direction that your business is wanting to go, especially like you mentioned in terms of team, right? And that's what I think is kind of where people are starting in the reverse, right? They want to start with the tech stuff. Okay. I want to build out the system, but we have no idea the direction that we want our business to head or what our team structure is going to look like or how that team is going to play a role in growing my business. And then, so those systems become almost irrelevant because you didn't set them up or build them to scale and grow with your team or the model that you want your team to look like or your business. Yeah, I totally agree. And I I even think like, as we're trying to grow our business, scale, make more money, whatever you want to call it, really, the more you can repeat things, right? The more we can systemize how we're doing things so that they're easily repeatable, the easier it's going to be. I think the issue that a lot of people run into when they're trying to grow, but they don't have systems within their business is you went from having five clients in your coaching program to now having 50 clients in your coaching program. When you only had five, you could just willy-nilly do things here and there, reach out however you want to reach out, communicate however you want to communicate. But now when we've 10X that and you have 50 people, things have to flow a little bit different. Otherwise, you're going to be doing 10X the work. And it's not scaling if the amount of work is increasing with the amount of revenue, right? Like we want to be able to position ourselves to essentially do more by doing less. Um, And systems really allow you to do that. And I think a lot of people skip that. And then it's like, it's never too late, right? It's never too late to fix it, but it's kind of like we're inputting it so late in the game that now we're trying to play catch up. Now we're trying to systemize a whole big business. Now we're trying to backtrack and train all these people. And even on the team side of things, I've seen, I can't imagine how many people have been fired in small businesses over the years because we thought the team member wasn't doing a good job when in reality, we didn't have them set up for success to be able to do that good job. So it's definitely like the number one thing that you could do as you begin to scale your businesses, have good systems. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you know, one thing I know that I messed up in doing when I started building my business was I built it around myself, right? Like that was the big thing that made it really hard for me to determine who to hire, how to hire, what my next hire would even look like because the the back end of my business, I hadn't really thought through, okay, how is this scalable without me available, right? You know, as I was an OBM at the time and what I was doing, I was not able to, or I didn't at least feel like I could successfully 
train people on, you know, being a Jack or Jane of all trades, basically in somebody's business. So I was getting to the point to try to evaluate, okay, when do I hire my new team member? What does my business look like with the team moving forward? So how do you know when it's time to hire your first team member in your business? What does that kind of look like? So I think there's two approaches that you can kind of take. One is very reactive and one is proactive. The reactive one is the most common. And so it's really based on the feeling that you have in your business currently. So it might look like you experiencing a lot of just overwhelm in general. You're having to keep people on a wait list. I think we're trained to think that wait lists are a good thing. When in reality, a wait list means you can't handle it and you don't have the capacity and you're turning away money. So if you're constantly keeping clients, customers on some sort of wait list, if you are creatively burned out, that can be a sign that you're trying to do too many things and your brain can't do what it actually wants to do. If you are constantly making really small mistakes, like with all of your clients, people or complaining about things that they've never complained about before. These are all signs of burnout. And so it probably was time for you to hire several months ago, but those are some of the indications where it's like, I need to do this ASAP or like things aren't going to shake out the right way. Now, the more proactive approach is you simply deciding that my time is very valuable and I want to be able to spend my time doing the things that are going to move the needle the most in my business. It could also look like you wanting to expand or do something that you don't currently have a skill set with. So for me, that looks like, you know, I've been running my program for a while. It's been going really well, but we don't have funnels set up. And it's like, I know nothing about funnels. So instead of me going to buy someone's $3,000 course on how to create a funnel, I can hire an expert and either they can create this funnel for me, or we can get them a course and they can learn how to do funnels on my team. But I think anytime you're wanting to do something and it's like, this is not a current skill set of mine, then we could just hire an expert to do that. And sometimes it may just be a project thing. It may not be someone you're hiring onto your team for a long amount of time. But yeah, I think those are like the two biggest like ways to, to be able to tell. Yeah. And I think the, the reactive mode hiring is probably the most common with a lot of us because we get to this point where we scale and grow and we're like, Oh crap. Like I don't have enough time or capacity available for what I need. And I need to hire really, really fast. And then that can also get us in kind of a tailspin of poor decision-making because we're not like you mentioned earlier, successfully setting somebody up to onboard, and that's going to lead to more problems down the line. Uh, and so what advice would you give someone who wants to start building their team, but really doesn't have any idea where to start? Are there certain things that they should do to prep what that's going to look like, or what are some steps that they should take internally as a business owner before they kind of look into start hiring to avoid getting into that reactive mode, quick hire, quick onboarding process that I think a lot of us kind of get into. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest auditing what your day-to-day looks like currently. I have a free resource on this. It's called my task matrix. And it basically allows you to brain dump all the things that you do day-to-day in your business, and then go through and kind of categorize them based on, is this a skill set of mine? Is this not a skill set? Is this something I enjoy doing? Is this not something I enjoy doing? Is this a revenue generating task? Is this just busy work? And to be able to kind of look at your business from a bird's eye view and looking at these tasks that you now realize that you need to delegate? What are the common trends between those things? And what role do we see forming as a result of this? I do think one of the biggest mistakes that you can make is just assuming that you need to hire a VA. 
that may be the first hire for quite a few people, but for others, it may be something different. Like if you run a podcast, for example, writing show notes, editing the show, posting it, making the graphics, that could be something that's really consuming a lot of your time and hiring a podcast editor may move the needle much more than hiring an admin to manage the seven emails that you get every day. So just really looking at what you do and identifying, okay, based on this information, what would be the most impactful hire that I could make right now? Because a lot of people, like I said, just kind of jump to assume that they need a certain role. And then you hire this person, they're not moving the needle, but you're paying them every month. And you're like, why isn't this working? Oh, this is a bad VA. I made a bad hire. When in reality, it's like, we just didn't have strategy before we hired the person to begin with. Yeah. And that's actually one thing that we teach from the get-go, like in our course, you know, talking about using data even to make decisions in our business. So for example, looking at our recurring tasks, like what you had just talked about, what are the things that I am doing in my business that are actually needle movers, right? Are they actually doing something to produce ROI in my business, whether that is traffic to my website or new leads or revenue, whatever that looks like from that perspective and evaluating it from there and then choosing to delegate out those things that we want to keep on our plate. But it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is we see so many people doing everything in their business when we're connected on social media. And it puts us in a position where we feel like we have to do all of those things too. So, like, oh, this person has a podcast or this person has a blog or this person hosts a mastermind. I need to do all of those things because look at this person, they're clearly successful. And it's probably because they're doing all these things in their business. So I do too, but that doesn't mean that those are going to be things that are setting your business up for success. Right. And so it's evaluating what we're doing on a daily basis or weekly basis, whatever that looks like in our business. And are these things that I'm doing something that I'm just doing because I think I'm supposed to, or is it actually doing something to push my business forward and evaluating it from that perspective? So I love that you brought that up, especially too, from a team perspective and what you can potentially or eventually delegate to team members and using that as, you know, kind of an evaluation standpoint of instead of blaming the virtual assistant, you know, necessarily as far as, Hey, are they doing a good job or not doing a good job is, am I putting them on the right tasks in my business? That's actually doing something to help my business. And I I think that's why it all starts with that vision, right? Because if we're not clear on where the business is going, where we want the business to go, and we're kind of living quote unquote launch to launch and just, Oh, I created this course and it was a hit. So now I'm going to create this program and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. A lot of times we're shifting so much responsibility and blame on the team members who we feel like aren't executing and aren't thinking high enough and aren't taking enough initiative, but it's like, they don't really know what you want from them. So being clear on the vision and being clear on what you actually need support with is already going to set your team member up to be so much more successful because they actually have direction. But like, Just giving your team member a list of tasks every week in reality is not really direction. Even if it's a VA, even if they're just a doer, right? There still has to be strategy in mind with the doing. Yeah. And I think incorporating your team into things like that as well is helpful. So for example, like we just wrapped up, you know, one of our quarterly review meetings and in that meeting, we always go into prepare for, okay, what went well the past quarter and what do we want to continue into for the next quarter or stop doing? And really, I wanted to get my team's perspective on that. And, you know, one thing that they had mentioned in that quarterly review was we had, you know, a lot of new projects pop up throughout the quarter and it kind of not necessarily led to overwhelm, but 
but just kind of confusion as far as what we needed to prioritize for the company. And that's where, again, that vision piece plays a huge factor because if we're constantly just like adding all these random projects because we think they're a good idea, then that's going to lead to more overwhelm and confusion for our team in terms of the trajectory of our business and the direction that we're heading. And so that's another thing too, that like with team that I have loved is really getting their input on the direction we're going and kind of holding me accountable a little bit too, as a CEO in terms of they'll push back, right? Like, that's what I love about my team is we've obviously, we discuss vision and how we're implementing that in our business. And I've had instances where I'll say, okay, Hey, let's do this or let's do that. And I've had my team members say, Hey, Courtney, like, I don't know if this is really going to get us the direction that we want to head, like based on what we had said we wanted to focus on. I don't think this is something that's really going to get us closer to our vision. And I love that they do that. You know, I love that they push back and they've gotten to the point where they're strategically thinking about the vision of the company too, versus being just yes, team members, if that makes sense. Like they're actually there in a more strategic role. I love it. It's like you're creating a real company culture. Like you're creating a culture where people want to speak up. They feel like they actually have a piece of the pie and that their opinion matters. And if you can do that, like you can really go the distance with your team. You have to give them ownership, but ownership comes from having clarity in the direction, having clarity in the operations. It's really hard for you to give ownership to something you don't understand. So like, yeah, you got it all figured out. Honestly, like I love watching you and your team and just like how much they've really like stepped into it. Like they, they really rep like the company. I love it. Yeah. I always like to say I got lucky with my team. Like they're my unicorns just because we, they got thrown into a crappy situation this year. You know, I had a really, really bad first trimester with my pregnancy and was pretty much forced to not be able to work. And we had not prepared for that. Right. Like we hadn't prepared for me being gone, having to step away for a month or two. And they were really able to step up as a team and just, they owned the business. Like they really just ran everything. You know, I checked in once in a while, but it was a good kind of test period because obviously I'll be going on maternity leave. Um, then that's something that's a little nerve wracking, right? Stepping away from your business. But after experiencing that with no preparation from my team and then going into a maternity leave where we've had plenty of time to prepare and kind of figure out what that's going to look like. I'm going into my maternity leave now feeling a lot more comfortable and at ease and not so stressed out because I can completely rely on my team to be able to keep things floating and know that they're going to do it in a way that I would do it too. And I have, I know you to thank a lot for all of that because that's, you know, when we started restructuring my team last year, this is where it all pivoted and changed and got me into a position where, you know, I could step away if I needed to. And my business is in a more scalable and a sustainable path in terms of what that looks like too. And we really kind of refine that back in and that's all thanks to you. So thank you. It's all you girl is all you. <laughs> well, well, those are the questions that we have for today, but we always like to wrap up our podcast episodes with some fun rapid fire questions. So we'll go ahead and dive into those. So number one, what is your current favorite TV show? Um, atypical. What is your favorite meal? Like if you could have like your last meal, what would it be? Ooh, my last meal. Um, a ribeye medium rare with broccolini, mac and cheese and key lime pie for dessert. Oh my God. That's probably the best answer we've had so far for somebody's last meal. I always think of something like, oh, I want fried chicken or a crab ring, <laughs> something like that's totally random. You got your whole meal planned. Um, okay. And then what is your favorite part about being a business owner? Definitely the impact that I get to make. Like 
when I think about being a district manager at the job that I worked at, like I had such a great relationship with my managers and I definitely saw their lives change. One of my managers stopped smoking and I feel like that was like the biggest win past, you know, having more time. I just feel like it was just such an indication that his life had changed and he was less stressed and didn't need that as a crutch anymore. But I did that in someone else's company. And so it's just so crazy to me that like, even this conversation, like I get to sit with people that I impacted through my own business, like through frameworks that I created through a process that I created that actually works. It's like, I don't think I'll ever get used to that, honestly. Yeah. And it's, it probably, it just feels just as gratifying every single time to get to see that, that transformation in somebody's life too. And then what is one business tool you couldn't live without? Click up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I'm so proud right now. Uh, me too. Honestly, it's just like, I'm learning more and more about it too. I think that's the cool part is like, you think, you know, everything, and then you learn a new feature and you're like, Oh my God, what? Yeah. It's so game changing. I love it. Um, and then the last question is, is what is your dream travel location right now? Right now? Oh, I feel like it sounds so basic, but I've wanted to go to Bali for a long time and I can never get there. Like I had it all planned out and then COVID. So I don't know, but I have to get to Bali. Yeah. It's not basic. I will say I went three years ago now and it is beautiful. So definitely not a basic answer. It is worth it a hundred percent. Um, but I know, I think there's some, still some COVID restrictions around traveling there and stuff right now, but yeah, it's definitely worth it. So if you want some places or recommendations, just let me know. Cause I know that you're going to make that vacation happen. Cause that's what you, you do. You make those vacations happen. I remember you forced me to take my first, first vacation in almost three years last year. Uh, my husband and I went out to Colorado and went hiking and took off a, almost a whole week. So I know you're going to make that vacation happen. I will. It, it just looks so magical. And I want them to like bring me my breakfast on that tray in the pool. Like, and I want to take a picture on that swing, but like, that's it. <laughs> yep, it's awesome. It's in the food is the food is amazing. So, well, Tatiana, I'm so, so excited and happy that you were able to come on and, and speak to everybody today. Um, and I want to just make sure that we let the audience know, you know, if they want to work with you, if they want more information, how do they get in touch? What should they do to get in touch with you? Yes. So I hang out on Instagram most often and you can find me at underscore Tatiana O'Hara. Shoot me a DM. I love to chat. Um, and then my website is tatianaohara.co. The best way that you can work with me is through my signature program, Grindaholics Anonymous. And depending on the month, you might see Courtney in there leading a systems coaching call, but not when she's going to be having her baby. Um, but my program is a six month group coaching program where we literally take you from having a business that feels like it's not yours, feels like it's not aligned, feels scattered, feels unorganized, maybe a team that's not functioning. And we take you through the steps to create a business that's aligned with the vision that you actually have for your life, how to run your business day to day in a way that doesn't feel chaotic and how to build your dream team so that you can take a freaking vacation here and there. Yeah. And just because, you know, she just mentioned it um, because I am in there and I see everybody and what they're going through and the course content, I can speak to it and say how absolutely incredible it is. And the work that Tatiana has done to build this, her methods and her frameworks around developing these things for you and teaching you the skills that you need to successfully scale and grow with the team. It is truly an incredible program. So if you guys are interested, definitely go check it out. But 
other than that, Tatiana, we are so excited that you joined us and thank you so much. And I I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.